0: For logbook servicing you can rely on, you need to make the right choice. You need trained professionals who are fully qualified to service your car according to manufacturer's specifications. For real peace of mind and a nationwide warranty, book in or book online at repcoservice.com. Well, the fallout of uh, Bledisloe 1 continues across the, the Tasman with uh, Rugby Australia serving a plea to explain notice to World Rugby following the actions of French referee Mathieu Reynal that uh, Wallabies halfback Nick White says cost them the Rugby Championship. With us now is uh, Fox Sports rugby reporter Christy Doran who had an exclusive interview with a name that we all know very well, Nigel Owens, uh, firmly regarded as the boss, the doyen of the referees even though he has hung up his whistle as such. Good morning to you Christy Doran. Great to join you, man. Yeah, mate. Hey, look. Before we get into Nigel's uh, comments, uh, as such, uh, with the weekend behind us, in fact, last Thursday, so it seems like an eternity ago. Uh, are rugby fans, over it? Are they still fuming? Do you feel? Oh, you can
1: you can tell that this weekend, game at Eden Park. Yes, the Bluettslow cast is gone for another year, but I feel like there's just going to be a little bit at stake uh, when when the two teams clash. Look. Absolutely, the four outs still going on, and and right throughout the newspapers here, and there's only a handful of them, but, look, people are livid, and you can see that on social media with all the response, and and you've got a lot of non-traditional rugby fans that are even talking about it. It's a huge incident, always a spiky kind of clash between these two Tasman neighbours, but uh, a lot at stake this weekend.
0: Audio has been re- released, uh, Christy, uh, online where you can clearly hear the conversation between Nick White and uh, Mathieu Reynal after the decision to award the All Blacks a scrum. and uh, your discussions with Nigel Owens, what did he think of the way that situation played out?
1: Yes. Yeah, it was, it was an interesting one because I spoke to Nigel and I don't think he actually watched the entire game but he did know the two, two kind of controversial incidents throughout the game and one was with Darcy Swain where he got yellow card and some subsequently been cited uh, and he had a um, an interesting take at that and he very much thought that he, he would have probably red carded that one there but could see it from both sides of the coin and, and once again here right in the 79th, 80th minute, the the incident that transpired with Bernard Foley. And he wouldn't have refereed in that kind of method. He, in a European champions final match, had added on time, added on another 20 seconds. And one of the difficulties with that, he said afterwards, was that the stadium clock hadn't updated. So those that were on the field were left a little bit confused. However, the TV was up to date with his timing and he was very much clear that more time had been added on that's what he would have done i don't think that nigel owens the way that he refereed a game he you could hear him more than anyone probably more than aaron smith i'd imagine or tj (laughs) perinara but he would have been very clear with his communication and said use it or i'll blow a you know a scrum feed to new zealand that that didn't happen on on thursday night did it it was very much a use it with no consequence. And maybe that doesn't need to be pointed out, but for something that has never been done before, I, I think he should. So, look, Nigel said it was strong refereeing, which contrasts Tim Horan, who had said that it was a disgraceful call and that he had, um, in the heat of the moment, had come up with the wrong decision.
0: So, Christy, uh, this, uh, uh, this Please Explain notice is uh, official. What do you think Rugby yeah. Australia hope to, to get out of this?
1: It's a good question. In reality, nothing's going to come from this. Yeah. They'll get an apology at, at the very most. And what's an apology going to do when you've had 20 years of disappointment regarding Bledisloe defeat? Um, what Rugby Australia actually wants is, is not so much of uh, right now, You know, an immediate kind of punishment. The 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 referee being stood down. They, rugby Australia and to be fair to New Zealand rugby too, want areas of the game sped up. Want to make sure that the game is as accessible and as watchable for the watching public as possible. And and perhaps up in the northern hemisphere, there's not that quite that same um, desire to have. Drums sped up, and to have uh, you know, box kicks that don't take ten seconds. They want the overall game a better watching product because in Australia it's competitive, as we all know, between the three or four different winter sporting codes. So it's a longer belief, um, a longer held desire to fix the game. And, and speaking to Rugby Australia officials yesterday, you know, it's not just one moment where where the nation wants. Um, an area fixed it's 10 to 15 years of where in australia tv audiences have gone down um and so i think it's a longer term play and, and they i think would want this subject to go away to, uh, because their relationships with world rugby have been much better in recent times and um, so i think that they would want to get this this nipped in the bud
0: yeah, chris when, you know in the history of, of watching rugby and uh, doing a bit of commentating on rugby there's always been this, uh, this, this sort of theory. I, I don't know how official it is, but the referee is still the sole judge of time. Is that is that now no longer the case? I mean, is he so severely governed by uh, the, the, the hooter at the end? Can he not say, listen, I'm going to add 20 seconds on because of what I've just seen? Is he no longer that judge of time?
1: Or well, you wouldn't think so with the team, though, and the amount of involvement that they have now. We all know that there's a there's a strong push from World Rugby that you've got to dot the I's, cross the T's, and unless you're going to do that, you might not get a World Cup final. But what do you think, Ian? You've been commentating on the game for a long, long time.
0: Yeah, I think, you know, I think if we went back to last Thursday night and had a selection of 10 international referees... Um, you might get six, seven, even eight of them and handle that situation entirely differently. That's what I think, Christy.
1: Yeah, yeah, and, and absolutely spot on. And that's what everyone just wants is consistency. And unfortunately, I think because rugby is so littered and grey, that players play on the edge, and Richie McCall was the master of that for 15 years, that it's, it's, it's very difficult to have a black and white ruling about a lot of things. I just think that when it comes down to that particular decision, that is not a on-field-related decision where, you, where you're where you making a judgment at a breakdown or a, or a forward pass or is, is the ball grounded or not. That one, to me, I think should be a pretty black-and-white thing where you can spell it out clearly. Unfortunately, maybe there is an element of cultural difficulties there that have changed and the language barriers, but you've got to say to Raynor there that he did say use it, but now there needs to be more of an interpretation and world rugby should come out and go, Look, we're actually now gonna come out hard on time playing and time wasting and that might be for a decision like what we saw on the weekend on Thursday, or it might be at the back of a caterpillar arc that goes for eight or nine seconds that it isn't used or indeed at a scrum where a scrum half doesn't put the ball in and time and we see another scrum
0: collapse. Mm. Okay. Um, the other thing about uh, the article you wrote, Nigel Owens was was very um, interesting on his comments about the the TMO and the fact that he's becoming way too dominant in the game.
1: Yeah, indeed. And he, I, I was somewhat surprised to hear him so strongly against this because, I know, all, all modern day referees do rely on their TMOs a lot, but. He he, quite frankly, just said that since the TMO has had more of an influence, that on-field referees have become sloppy, they've become complacent because whether or not they want subconsciously or consciously, they rely and fall back on that, and that shouldn't occur. He also said that you know anyone looking for the perfect game in rugby, whether it be a a coach, a a player, or a referee, it's not going to happen. and and said that they need to stop looking for the perfect game in rugby, that mistakes will happen. And I think that goes hand-in-hand with the TMO because, as we all know, if you want to find a penalty, you probably can in every second ruck. Uh, And unfortunately, the more that referees are nitpicking around those sorts of areas of the game, it's going to be more stop starty He he referred a um, a decision where over the last, 15 years, you've gone from 16, 17 penalties a game up to 26 on average now in a test match. Do we want the referee to be continually um, blowing his whistle and stopping player? I don't think so and I don't know a single coach or player that wants that to occur. So uh, he was pretty strong on that and, and said, look, World Rugby, you've got to do something about this because it's not becoming enjoyable for the, for the watching public.
0: How do you feel now um, on the back of the hurt that they feel both as a rugby um, audience, but also in particular, uh, let's look at the Wallaby squad itself. How do you think they're going to rebound for that from that particular finish this weekend at Eden Park?
1: Yeah, it's a good question. Uh, Consistency has been something that the Wallabies have had nothing of for a long, long time. Um, We saw last year the Wallabies win five games together after losing three straight in the Bledisloe. That was the first time in, in six years since the 2015 World Cup where they'd been able to string five games together. So, if they're going to have any chance in next year's World Cup, they've got to be able to deal with setbacks and, and that's something that New Zealand have always been good at. I, I think this game is more crucial than the one that's just transpired because it will show the mental fortitude of these guys um, there's a lot of talent in this Australian squad and, and that match there was taking place without Quade Cooper, without Simon Karevi, without Michael Hooper, um, Taniella Tufo. So to have pushed New Zealand as far as they did, they've, that was an admirable performance, but they've got to back it up. And oh, Look, it's been 1986 the last time that Australia won at Eden Park. It's a long, long time. I don't think anyone's expecting them to go out to win, but at the very least, you need to see a match where it goes down to the wire. And we saw on the weekend, Bernard Foley had a great return. It's another opportunity for him. I would suggest you'd be wearing the number 10 jersey again for him to go out to to dominate that position. And, And if he can do that, then wow, Dave Rennie's going to have some serious selection headaches in the, in the next year to come. But it's a huge, huge game. And I think it's a big game for New Zealand too because, let's be honest, they were pretty poor either side of the time. They've blown three tries um, there. Um, the leadership perhaps didn't quite shine through until that last minute where you see Sam Whitelock, where you see Dane Coles, where you see those guys wanting the ball and wanting to be able to score in that sort of situation. So... That's a tick for New Zealand at the end, but there's a lot of crosses right throughout that. And I think you saw the tensions of it all with Ian Foster at the end in terms of his disingenuous comments regarding the whole event. Um, but there's a lot of tension still, obviously, on the other side of the ditch, your side of the ditch.
0: Christy, uh, pleasure catching up with you and for your thoughts um, and analysis on uh, what unfolded last week. Uh, we look forward to a, a really cool and even encounter this week at Eden Park as well. Uh, really appreciate your time this morning. Thank you.
1: Great to join us, Cheers. When making the double chicken deluxe at Macca's, we wanted to improve on the perfect combo of tender Aussie chicken with cheese, tomato and aioli. So we doubled it. Chicken and Macca's together and loving it. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Available after 10.30am for a limited time only.